before we get into it, want to lay we want to lay out a light trigger warning. Yes. There is a narrative of molestation. Yeah. In this book and we're going to talk about it. We don't get so into it. It's not graphic, but It's not graphic. It's in there. It's in there and it has to do with family. Yeah. So if we have lots of other episodes. Yeah. If that's a little those, too spooky for you, keep it moving. Listen to some other episode. We respect you for that decision. Yeah. Much love. Hope you enjoy the episode. Yeah. I'm Ada. I'm Nia. And this is... Welcome to my world. Hello. Hey, what's up? We got a new setup today. Two mics. Two mics. Two mics. These are two mics. So we're hoping it sounds (laughs) a little bit better. And if not, fuck you. Yeah, sorry about that. We tried. We're trying. We're trying. And that's all you can do. In this world. So, Ada, what are we talking about today? We are talking about the first book in the, what would you call it, Georgia Nicholson series? Confessions of Georgia Nicholson series. Of Georgia Nicholson series. Yeah. And um, it's called Angus, comma, Songs, comma, and and Full full Frontal frontal Snogging. And um, it was made into a movie at some point. It yes. was made. Uh, this first book was combined with elements of like the second and mm-hmm. third to make, make a movie. A movie. Because they're they're at boarding school in the movie. Is that true? That is not true. Okay. <laughs> but that I think you're thinking of Wild Child. Maybe with uh, Emma Roberts because she moves to England. Oh yeah, maybe that's school. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A great film. Yes, an iconic film. <laughs> yeah, truly. I have seen the movie. I think we watched it when we were in Nantucket. Oh, did we? I think so. Because I definitely saw it with you. Right. I feel like I must have fallen asleep because I watched, did watch the trailer last night. And some of it I remembered. But I mostly remember seeing the commercial for it on TV. Mm. Despite the fact that I would read the... I was, like, not interested in seeing huh. the movie. <laughs> That's interesting. Um, and actually watching the trailer was so funny because, uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson is in it. He is so beautiful. He's so beautiful. But it, it just was so funny yeah. to look at. And also this, this British comedian I really like plays her dad. And it was just like a weird, I watched like, the trailer oh. and I was like, Alan Davies, what are you doing there? That's funny. Yeah. Um, but I think the girl they got to play George is perfect. Oh yeah? Yeah. Spot on. I love that. But this isn't a podcast about that freaking movie. No, no. It's about Louise Renison's 1999 hit book. So I've never read it. No. This is Nia's week. How did you... Did you like it? Yes, very much so. <laughs> okay. I'm really excited to talk about it. I think it's going to be an interesting conversation. I am also very excited to talk about this. Do you want to give some little context on what this book meant to you as a, yes. as a youth? Okay, so I... Well, first of all, I want you to... How many... Did you do any research on these books? Mm-mm. How many of these do you think there are? Twelve? There are ten. Ten. Okay, I thought you were going to lowball it. No, I, I thought think... it seemed like a like a Gossip Girl type thing, where they have like many, many, That's many, true. many books. Though I think ten of these is absurd, and I sort of... That's a lot. It's crazy that I read ten of these. You Oh, so you read them all. Oh, yeah. Um, I started reading them in seventh grade. Mm-hmm. Me and... Sounds about right. Shakira. We're oh, reading them together. Actually. I love that. Shouts to Shaq. Shouts to Shaq. What's up, girl? I was DMing with her the other day. Yeah? Yeah. Scorpio season. Come through. Um. <laughs> I don't know. They're scorpion? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know. 
Um, we were reading these books in seventh grade uh, in Miss Churchill's house, and it's, I don't know, we love them. They were so, they're so goofy and insane. Mm -hmm. I think this is what got me into my Anglophilia a little bit. Because I see that. Before these books, I don't really remember the hard-on for England like I have now. <laughs> and Nia has a serious hard-on for England. Oh She's not boy. being cute about it. If anybody wants to uh, hit us up and send us a little message and exclusively talk about England, I'm like pretty down for that. Uh, Have you been checking the email? It's a quick sidebar. Oh, I check it all the time, and we've never had a single message. Oh, that's so. <laughs> I've never checked it. Anybody out there, please send us an email. I'm, even if it's just a gif. Even if it's a gif, I'm. We're dying for it. We're dying for it. Yeah. For a little love from just our for a little from our, love from our audience. Yes. Okay. So anyway, yeah. I totally believe that this started your anglophilia. Yeah. Yeah, so you read all ten of them. We know from previous episodes that you do not reread. I don't reread. So you have not reread any of these. I have not reread any of these. And in fact, I intend until that, until now, obviously, until now. yeah. I can take that many notes because I was surprised at how much of it I really remembered. Mm -hmm. Like I have a great recall for stories. Mm -hmm. So even though I, you know I rewatch movies, any sort of like movie, TV plot, book, story, I can pretty much you know, remember, um, which is why I find rereading annoying, because I'm like, yeah, right, But it's yeah. not about that. I know. I know. Actually, I did anyway. enjoy rereading this, because yeah. there were some elements I forgot about, like... Right, or that you don't pick up on, or, like, yeah, foreshadowing that you don't see or something. Yeah. But tell me about, how do you, how did you feel, did you know anything about this book going in? Well, I had seen the movie, oh, so right. I knew, like, roughly what it was about, um, I didn't remember the movie super well. Yeah. And as you said, it's, like, kind of a combination of the first book and other things, so it's not exactly the same. Um, and I kind of knew what it was. Like, I knew it was a diary. Mm. I knew, which I think also, like our last book that we did, yeah. counts as an epistolary novel. I think so. Yeah. Um, I was really excited to read it. I love YA. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. and so, yeah, so I, I just felt like, kind of can't miss. I was definitely surprised by some things and not surprised by others. If that makes sense, like, I know some it. things felt very, yeah. not in a bad way, but very, like, YA tropes. Yeah. And some things I was like, oh, huh, huh? Surprises in good and bad ways, I guess. I love the way, should we just get into it? That's what I was going to say. Like, I don't think my context is that interesting for this, because I don't really have any. All right, fuck um, you. So, the... <laughs> What? I just said I just my context know. is not interesting. I know. Fuck you anyway. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yep. Yep. It's Copy that, boss. It's all love mm -hmm. here. It's all love, baby. Okay. So I do have one. I guess this is context, though. Sure. So I, in order to read this, you knew, Nia, that I was doing this. Yes. Um, I rented or took the book out of the New York Public Library, which now has an online... I was going to ask you a question about the ebook. Thing, which is really awesome. It's called, I think it's called Hyperdrive. Either Hyperdrive or Overdrive. I always forget. Something like that. And you rent the book. You rent the ebook. You can download it onto your Kindle or your phone or whatever. Read it for a month or so. And then be done with it. I started reading the book, was taking notes on an app. And then half of, like, half of the notes that I took, I was highlighting in the book. But oh. I didn't think about. Oh, is when you return the book, those notes are gone. They're gone. 
So today, this morning, I was like, oh, maybe I'll organize my notes so that it's easier to do the podcast. I go to open the book, and it's like, your hold is done. And I was like, oh, crap. So I do still have enough notes. Right. And I remember... You'll remember, we'll talk. Right? Yeah. But the sad thing is that I had, like, highlighted a lot of passages. I was like, this is why I felt that way. Yeah. So... That's but I remember why, uh, a lot. I, again, your girl over here takes notes, hard copy, baby, notebook, and a pen. Okay. Did your ebook have a glossary? Is my question. Yes. Okay. Good. It had a glossary. Um, I didn't really look at the glossary though. Most things I felt like I knew. Yeah, I think the glossary for the most part is not functional. It's just fun. It's fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Georgia Nicholson, the main character in this book. It's her diaries. Whatever. Um, there's a, she uses a lot of weird turns of phrase and, like, talks, you know, she's, like, a funny way of talking. Both teenagerisms and Britishisms. Yeah. But then also and some... And Georgiaisms. Yeah. yeah things that are just for her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there's a glossary at the back of the book that defines some of those terms, and even the, the information, like, it'll... <laughs> reading the glossary. Should I get, should I get out, should I read us one? Yeah, let's consult the source. Let's see, what's a fun term we have in the glossary here? Uh, okay, for prat. Mm-hmm. Uh, a prat is a gormless oik. You may be a prat of your, you make a prat of yourself by mistakenly putting both legs down one knicker leg or by playing air guitar at pop concerts. Fun! Cute. We have fun. The book has a great sense of humor. The book has a great sense of humor. Which you totally get right off the bat. Yes. I, I love her. This book is so goofy. Just from the start, you're just like, who is this person? Well, I go back and forth because so many of my notes are like, I love Georgia, she's so real, and then it's like, oh, she's a stupid bitch. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, she's like, really an idiot, kind of? I went back and forth a lot on it in terms of like, some, some parts I was like, wow, this is exactly what teens are like. Yeah. And then some parts of it I was like, are, are any teens is, are like teens this? this way? Yeah. I mean... I feel like I was very different than Georgia I as a teen. I feel that I was very different than Georgia. Yeah. And a lot of... But my first note was, as soon as I started reading, I was like, oh, shit. Because I feel like I am currently going through my angsty phase. I, I like, didn't hit my angsty phase until, like, way after I was a teen. Oh, until, wow. like, late college into now. <laughs> Oh, I've been going strong since 2010, baby. No so end this, in sight. So this totally resonated with me in that sense. I yeah. was just like, yes, angst, love it. This book is all angst because what I found so what I sort of didn't remember about this book is that nothing happens, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's mostly a love story. Yeah. If in terms of plot movement, right? But I always, for some reason, I think I'm you know conflating all the books together mm. because I think maybe every book like one thing really happens. Yeah. Um, like, there's a whole character that I was like, can't wait till we get to Dave the Laugh. Dave the Laugh, that's my man. He's not in he's this not book. He's not in this book. Oh, darn. Which is so disappointing. Yeah, that's a disappointment. He's a, he's the only male character I think is not terrible. <laughs> he's the only good male character. Um, but, yeah, nothing happens in this book. It's really just her, like, day-to-day life and, like, just the teenage-ness of, like, everything is so overblown, mm-hmm. um, but in a relatable way. I love the way she talks to her friends. I love 
what they get mad at each other about. I yeah. Love the, I don't know. I think her world is so bizarre, but... Those were kind of things that I didn't relate to, I felt. I wrote down that when I was a teen, I was really bad at admitting when I was unhappy or things like that. And so on that level, I didn't relate to Georgia. And I also feel like, you know, I think back to the classic example of when we were in a fight and I like didn't realize it. Do you remember that in high school? Which fight? I remember two. Listen, I remember every grudge. I remember two fights distinctly. I'm wondering which fight you're thinking of. The sophomore year one. I don't even, I don't even remember why well, we're fighting. Well, we fight so little, you We know? do not fight a lot. And there was one fight that happened. What was the second one? Uh, there was, I remember being in house and I was mad at both you and Jordy. Yeah. Is it that one? I think so. Oh yeah, it must be that one. I think so. Yeah. And I, oof, listen, I'm great at icing out and I iced you both out hard. Yes, you did. I'm so sorry. So, that, I feel like, I, okay, this is gonna sound bitchy. I am so excited. This might be our third fight. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like maybe you are more similar to Georgia in terms of, like, grudges and very intense emotions flaring up very quickly in certain situations. There were so many passages of this where I was like, damn. (laughs) Yeah. And I, as your close friend, was like, oh shit. I, like, I see why Mia loved this yeah. book as a kid so much. And then there are other ones where I'm like... 13 or whatever. I'm like... <laughs> not you, not you. Not you not <laughs> I gotta battle that, but... Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that's insulting. I may... I'm a... Listen, guys, Good. I'm a Pisces, I mean it that way. So... We just feel hard, okay? You feel hard. We feel hard. I'm hard right now. <laughs> I'm not even gonna... <laughs> oh, I love I'm that. I'm not gonna cut that out. Listen, don't cut it out. I want everybody to know... <laughs> you know what? Who's listening to this? So that was kind, of, and I feel like that kind of goes all the way through that. What I, the the back and forth between relating and not relating. Yeah. And also the back and forth between Georgia being awesome and Georgia being dumb. Yeah. I mean, it's what's so it's so hard to talk about this because literally there's no plot. Other yeah. Than, like it's literally just a chunk of a girl's life, you know. Um, there are some little things that she says that are so funny. I especially love the way that she talks about the grown-ups. Yes! Where she says, like, are all adults, adult, are all adults from the planet Xenon? Yeah. I was just like, yes. It's like, yeah, they totally are. Girl. Um, yeah, her, I love the way she talks. And I feel, I wondered if this book, you know, sort of snuck into the way I did. Because I feel like mm. in high school I used to talk in a really... I don't think I talk like that anymore. We used to talk in a weird way, I think. Mm. Um, what do you mean? Well, I remember we went on that, when we were in Germany, went on that homestay, mm. and those parents could not understand a thing I was saying, even though they spoke English. That's different, Nia. That's because... That's different! Because when you... Because you talk differently to pu- people in public than you do to your friends. I guess that's true. It's your, like, cashier thing, <laughs> where you just literally say things that... You say, like, very many extra words... And you also get really, weirdly formal. Like, we'll be at the cash register and you'll be <laughs> What? Yes, indeed, these are my purchases. <laughs> We're just like, when you're talking to someone that English is, yes, they speak it, but it's their second language. It's just like, all the extra. <laughs> I would think it would be easier to be formal because every language is taught in the formal, is it not? 
Yeah, but you talk in this weird... Nobody teaches Spanish like, yo, puta, what's good? You know, like... Okay, but that's not... I'm not saying you don't talk in slang. You talk like a... <laughs> in, like, with British formality words. <laughs> like... This is the third fact. Yes, madam. Oh my gosh, you know that it's true. Yeah, whatever. You honestly don't do it so much anymore. No, I But I remember being in our homestead. Yes. And I, like, had to communicate for you. Which was... Which was bizarre. Because we were all speaking English. Oh, boy. <laughs> you also do sometimes talk very quietly. Yes. To, to strangers. That's true. Well, strangers don't need to hear everything I have to say, do they? Well, when you're in their home, maybe they... Listen, make me the pretzels and get out. Oh, you love those meat pretzels. They were delicious. Yeah. Oh, the meat pretzel with a jelly surprise? Yeah. Oh, God, I forgot about that. That's not what this is about. <laughs> anyway. This is about me trying to read a line from page three of this book. Cause Do it. At page three, I was like, damn, I'm so into it. Um, oh, gosh. I'm looking for it, but what was I even into? Oh, here's... Okay. So... <laughs> She's listing, there are six things very wrong with my life. And the first one is, I have one of those under-the-skin spots that will never come to head but lurk in a red way for the next two years. I was like, I love totally. everything about that. Yeah. I know what that means. I know how that feels. And just the phrase, lurk in a red way, I was like, oof. oof. Yeah. It all tingles. I love it this was, book. It, it was really, yeah, it is really well written even within the style of it being a teenage girl's diary. Yeah. It's really well-crafted language. Louise Renison is hilarious. Yeah, it's I mean, very funny. You'd be a very funny person to write this book. Yeah. Um, but I do want to talk about, um, as much as I love this book, and it has a strong place in my heart, there's a lot of bad stuff in here I forgot about. There's a lot of bad stuff. I was, like, shocked at some point. She's yeah. a huge homophobe. The two major things for me was yeah. there was huge homophobia yeah. going on like huge. constant in a really big way it came up and up and up it was basically like the foil to or i don't even know what it was it, but it was a really big specifically line. anti a lot of anti-lesbian sentiment the whole book is about georgia a, a young teen trying to have like sexual experiences yeah. which is like great awesome. her and all of her friends they the only thing in the world they want is boyfriends yeah which is, like, I know that the whole Bechdel test, da-da-da-da-da, but there is a sense in which, like, teens, that's, that's a big that's driver. Yeah. Plus, in England, once you get to a certain age, your schools are Separate. separated mm -hmm. by gender. gender. So, we've yeah. all been to co-ed schools forever. Yeah. I did not think of boys this way because boys were always around. Yeah. I had friends who were boys. It they weren't weird. this mysterious... Right. Yeah. And I guess for her and exactly. her friends, you know, there's one scene in this where, like... Her and her friend, her best friend Jazz, they put on short skirts and they literally parade up and down the street so dudes in cars will catcall them. Yeah. And I was like, that's dark. That was weird. I sort of understand if you just like literally barely even know a boy and you're just like, guys, what are they like? You read uh, Cosmo and it's like, guys, what I do guess? they like? Do they like things? Let's, <laughs> Let's find, find out. out. Uh, Raphael Bob's Walksburg, if you're listening to this, I love would you. love to meet you. <laughs> and talk you to always you. shout out people. No one's listening to this podcast. 
Uh, we have at least 58 people who uh, listen but, uh, weekly. Yeah, I love our fan base. Hello to those 58 people. I love our fan base even though you don't email us. You guys don't email us, and that's really a shame, but we love you anyway. Thank you. Thank you so much. So... It's <laughs> a little ASMR. One. Okay, so the le- the lesbian stuff. Should we, shall we get into it? Let's dive into it. There's a that's character... a lot of what I highlighted, by the way, yeah. in the book. There's a character they call Harry Kate, the lesbian. That's the, um, isn't that the... The, the gym teacher. Yeah, exactly. Which I'm like, first of all, you already have a female gym teacher. Like, the stereotypes, we get it. Yeah. And then for them to call her Harry Kate is, like... Really weird. Ugh. And then there's all these moments where, like... You know, Georgia's in the shower, and she's like, oh, the shower's, like, in the school. Yeah. And um, the gym teacher comes in, and, like, all the girls, like, run away. Yeah. Because they're like, we don't want to turn her on or something. Like, Georgia does yoga at one point, and the gym teacher sees her, and she's like, oh, my butt was in the air, so I went into Cobra, but then my boobs were pushed out. And it's like, your gym teacher isn't trying to fuck you? Like, yeah, it was so dark. And it also didn't feel like, oh, it didn't feel to me like the author was using a teenage perspective on no. queerness to make a point about the way that you learn to be accepting of queerness. Yeah. It felt like the author was using, like, George's homophobia as the punchline to a long-running joke. Yeah. Like, there's a difference between a character being homophobic and a book being homophobic, and this book is homophobic. Agreed. Um, I, I totally agree. And I would love to say that that gets better later, but I really don't remember, because mm. of all the stuff I remembered, I was like, oh, shit. Why is this book so homophobic? There's... Can we talk about the sleepover scene? Yeah. Um, so, at some point, George's dad goes and certain goes to um, New Zealand in yes. search of work, and then, so he's not around, and then her mom takes her little sister, Libby, who's like three, takes her on a weekend I trip. I love Libby, by the way. Libby, I think, is one of the best characters in this book. Very cute. Very well written. Mm-hmm. The sort of ramblings and nonsense of a three-year-old are so well yeah, translated. Yeah, yeah. It's like pretty incredible. But, so, her mom and her parents are away. She's got the house for, like, a couple nights. Mm-hmm. She decides to have a sleepover with her friends, and some of her friends at this point have boys, and they invite the boys over, and they have a little... Which I was like, yes! Of course you would! Totally! Yeah! But then, after the boys leave, they start talking about lesbians mm-hmm. again, and they're like, oh, do they have sex? How? They don't even have bits or yeah. anything. And I was like, okay, this is sad. And then the one friend says, like, rubbing. Yeah. Okay, so that part... (laughs) That made sense. That part I actually didn't mind. Because that, to me, feels more like what I was wishing for from this narrative, which is, like, you don't know. Especially in a small, rural-ish, rural-ish... They're not rural. But they're, like, in a town. They're not in London. No, but they're in, like... I can't remember. Are they in Leeds? Are they in Brighton? I can't remember. Yeah, but you know, it's like, it's... It, and I guess it is, it's 1999 yeah, when she writes this book. Exactly. I feel like that's also a big thing. It, it's like, you know, kids didn't have that education or that's true. Um, transparency around queerness that maybe exists even just a little bit more today. That's true. 
That's a good. The point. internet wasn't as much of a thing. Yeah. Like, in fact, the internet is not mentioned at all. At all. Book, yeah. Which I thought was fascinating. Um. Yeah. Totally. You know, no sort yeah. of email. It's, it's or phone calls on the landline. On. Yeah. Which I loved. I th- I was all, I was like, there's a lot of calling in this book. Good God, I'm so glad we came of age the time we did because if I had to be on the fucking phone all the time, I, I do love a good phone call though. I hate a phone call. Yeah, I know. And yet you and Allison insist on calling me. Well, sometimes it's just like, you gotta, gotta get it done. Yeah. Gotta get the info across. I just like texting, because I can do other things. Yeah, that's fair. You You can do other things when you're on the phone, though. That's why I don't like FaceTime. Oh, I hate Face. Well, I don't have an iPhone, so I'd never have to, but... True. Yeah, the idea of FaceTime is horrifying to me. Um, yeah. technology sidebar. Technology sidebar. But yeah, this sleepover, and they're just like... I don't know, they all seem so disgusted and, like, unable to yes. even have the conversation. That was, that was icky. Which also, to me, didn't make sense, because I feel like curiosity wins the day mm-hmm. every time. Mm-hmm. So, like, the fact that they, okay, you don't really know about this, you're like, wah! That's one thing. But for them to just be like, let's not even talk about this, it's so gross, I was like, that feels not only gross, but unrealistic. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. <coughs> Um, so that was one definitely icky thing. Then I, I had another one that I wonder if it's one of yours. Is it her cousin? Okay, no, I have that. That's a different one. That's different, okay. But this was, this, like, only really came up once. Right. But it might have come up twice. Um, which is the Asian, very British, but nevertheless not made more acceptable by that racism against Asians. There is a line. Mm-hmm, I that wrote it I, down too. I look like there's a touch of Asian in the family. Wait, did you write down the second part of that line? No, what's the I second did. part? Okay. Which I was like, what? Like Ooh. Georgia writes, I look like there's a touch of the Asian in my family. Sadly, not the case. So I read that and I was like, okay. Yeah. The the next sentence, the nearest we have to any exotic influence is Auntie Kath, and then something something about Auntie Kath, who was like. Auntie Kath is, like, from, I don't know, a different town in England or something yeah. like that. And that was just, like, you literally, it, it was just, I almost laughed because yeah. it was exoticizing Asian people. And yeah. it literally sa- she literally says the word exotic in the sentence. Like, yes. it was too, you know, if you wrote this as, like, a textbook example of exoticizing Asian cultures, it would seem That's like it. no one would ever really write that. Right. But she, but she literally did. Yeah. See that line. I, I mean, I broke it down. I was like, yeesh. Yeah. Not great. Though that one, I did feel was more like Louise being like, "Look at this dumb teen." Because I do feel like a teenager would say that. I mean, we are paragons of uh, liberalism now, but yeah. I definitely said some shady shit when yeah. I was, you know, fourteen. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um. So as gross as it was, that one, I was sort of like. Okay, I believe that that's Georgia, mm-hmm. not, and the, not book. the book. It also didn't come okay. up again, again and again yeah. the way that the lesbian thing did. Yes. Yeah. It didn't feel like a punchline. No. Georgia has a lot of stuff about her appearance. Yes. Which interesting. Oh my god, all the appearance stuff. I was yeah. like, this is so. I don't. It's so weird because so much of the book is like, is anybody truly this bizarre? Mm-hmm. Like she's just so bizarre. Um, but the appearance stuff was bang on. I totally. Mean, I It reminded me of our conversation about uglies in some ways. Yeah. I definitely thought about uglies a lot while reading this. Yeah. And 
Georgia would be the first one in line for, she'd be like, make me pretty, let's yeah. get it done. Like, yeah. does not care about all the other stuff. Totally. She'd be like, brain lesions? Pff, fine. Who cares? Yeah. Fuck it. Yeah. yeah. I want to talk about Georgia's relationship to her parents. I would love to talk about that. That was another, th- I have another thing that I think ties it into the, the homophobia, anti-queerness stuff. Oh, let's hear it. It's a little different because, to your point about the the exoticizing Asian cultures, mm-hmm. it did feel a little bit more like it was Georgia saying this and not the book's perspective. Yeah. But when Georgia says about her dad, why can't he be a normal dad? Why yeah. can't he know how to fix the fridge? Why does he need to talk about feelings and stuff? Yeah. It was just interesting thinking about masculinity. The whole book is about men and or girls yes. and boys this and is a sex. Very heteronormative book. Yes, and it was interesting that it was just like that. What's her face? Louise yeah. decided to call out that. But yeah. I think also, you know, is relatable. Because what's so funny about it, and I think what the author, Louise, Lou, our girl, what she does such a good job of is telegraphing how Georgia feels about her parents, but also letting us, the audience, know that, like, her parents are actually fine. Yeah. <laughs> They're very normal parents. They're very normal parents. They don't do anything wrong, really. No. Um, Although, you know what is really weird? What's... Oh, the mom and the handyman? The mom and the handyman have, like, a quasi-affair. When her... So when her husband's away, they're, like, redoing the living room. Despite the fact that they might move away soon, which it I was makes like, very, not that very make much sense. sense. And they're also, like, George is worried about the money, too, and she's redoing the living room. I don't know. Yeah. It's a little confusing. But... So they hire this guy to do it, and he's tall handsome like strapping fella mm-hmm. and her mom she and she notes this her mom sees him leaves goes on to put on lipstick, lipstick. and a push-up bra yeah and then and Comes he's over back. all the time and they just like chat and hang out and then there's one day that she's home from school and like them to the mom and the handyman walk in and you're like yes and her mom says to her we're not having an affair yeah which i was like and georgia seems very cool like with the, with whole the thing. idea that she would be having an affair. Well, but then there is... I think Georgia goes back and forth on it. I mean, she misses her dad, for sure. Yeah. But I do... I mean, she's like... She is like, what the hell, Mom? You, yeah. She does say, like, I need to keep my family together. She does say that. She does say that. But she's also like... Yeah. She's kind of like, get yours. Yeah. He, yeah. He's hot. Do yeah. your thing, Mom. So yeah. it's like, very confusing. Yeah. Libby's calling him new dad, which I was like, that's very funny indeed yep so yeah the way she i don't know i went back and forth on her relationship with her parents because some parts it's really funny how dismissive she is of them and like mm-hmm. the dumb stuff they do according to her like she'll be like oh my uncle eddie came over and wanted he's a motorcycle in a sidecar and wanted to know if i would ride wanted to ride in the sidecar and she's like what the hell why would i ever do want to ride in a fucking sidecar it's so stupid was like, i'm like let me that get that sidecar awesome. yeah. yeah hell yeah and other times she's really just such a bitch, and I'm just like, I can't even relate to you right now, because yeah. you're so It's rude. so rude. Yeah. It's so, so rude. To her perfectly nice parents, who never seem to yell at her. Or... And so self-absorbed. She's so, so And, like, I get it. Teens are more self-absorbed, maybe, than, like, full-blown adults or whatever. But at the same time, Georgia's gonna be a- Georgia is just a self-absorbed person. Yeah. Like, 23-year-old Georgia, 30-year-old Georgia, 50-year-old yeah. Georgia is gonna be self-absorbed. She's... Like. 
very her self-absorption levels are off the charts. Yes. Literally anything that's happening to her friend, she's like, how can I make this about me ASAP? Okay, so that's something I also want to talk about. I think it's similar to the parent-Georgia relationship, so I feel like it's appropriate to bring it up right now. I felt like I was judging Georgia a lot, mostly for how she thinks about Jazz, her best friend. Yes, their relationship is bad. Really bad. Really bad. I think their gr- the group relationship is good yeah, and cute. it's fine. But her relationship with Jazz is bad. But they remain best friends throughout yeah. the whole... I mean, I think they're still ups and downs, whatever. Yeah. But they remain best friends. They do. They do remain best friends, which I almost disliked even more. Yeah. Just because, like... They're both bad friends to each other. And Georgia was calling Jazz stupid in her head, and yeah. I, I honestly ended up sympathizing a lot with Jasmine. Well, yeah, because I don't think of Georgia my friends Georgia literally, that like, way. destroyed Jasmine's life. Yes! I don't think of my friends that way. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, like, these are her close personal thoughts, and, like, okay, sometimes you get mad at your friends, sometimes right. you're like, oh, this bitch, whatever, but... It, this is constant. It's constant, and it's aggressive. It's, like, on a good day, Georgia will write things like, Jazz is so stupid, da 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 But then Jazz will also say mean stuff to her face, so I also But don't wonder... you feel like if you had a friend that was just mean to you constantly, right. you would be mean back? Well, see, but my thing is, I feel like it's both of them. Mm-hmm. Like, we're getting Georgia's side for sure, but Jazz says if... If Georgia can be trusted as a narrator, and she, the things, whenever she's, you know, dictating a conversation, uh, whatever the other person says is in quotes. So I assume we are supposed to take her as a reliable narrator. Yeah. Jazz says some really, really fucked up things, and I feel like most of the fucked up things Georgia says to her are in the diary, whereas most of the fucked Mm -hmm. up things Jazz says to her are in person. So, like... I feel like maybe Jazz says mean things to her, but doesn't write it down, and Georgia might take a little on the chin, but then when she goes home, she said, writes the mean shit. Maybe. 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 Either way, they're both assholes to each other. Yeah, bottom line, that's it's not, yeah. yeah. It's super weird, and so I just felt like, yeah, I, I wasn't on Georgia's side a lot of the time in her rela- dealings with her friends. and well, the Tom thing. Well, that's what, I was, that's what I mean by... Georgia ruined Jazz's life, like, convinced her to break up with this guy that was really good for her and sweet, and, like, there wasn't even really a reason why. Like, that's just mean. And, like, like, really talked her into it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And she was unhappy for months? Then when Jasmine goes to coffee with... Robbie. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, right. Robbie, the sex god. How can I really be mad at, at Jazz when Georgia totally sabotaged her. That's true. And and Jasmine, I think, knows that Georgia sabotaged her and, like, yeah. is understandably pissed. I guess it was just interesting to me that even though I was getting everything from Georgia's perspective and right. from Georgia's side of things, I was still so often on... Well, I don't even think I was on Jasmine's side. That's a little... I know. Sides are hard because they both yeah. suck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. bad. You know, those were the moments that I was like, this feels like a really sensationalized version of what teens are like. Yeah, it's... In a way that misrepresents it to the younger girls who are reading this. That's the thing, is I feel like so much of the book is spot on with teen stuff, but I think, especially at the teenage, female friendships are so important. Yeah. And that's not really represented here. Not at all. Um, I will say, I guess a little bit of my Georgia came out reading... 
about Jasmine and Robbie because I was like, okay, George is over. Okay, <sighs> we're not. There's this guy, Robbie. Yeah. Uh, he's an older. And let's get into that in a second. Yeah. Robbie's an older, an older dude. He's dating a girl in the grade above them named Lindsay, who they refer to as Wet Lindsay, <laughs> which I kind of thought was funny. What I remember distinctly being in seventh grade and me and Shakira being like. You can't just keep calling this girl wet over and over again in a book. Like, she calls her wet and drippy, and we're like, clearly this is a language barrier situation because that's not what that is means to us. It just means, like, she's lame. Yeah. Um, and she does. Yeah, she's like a wet blanket. Yeah, she does sound lame. And, but Georgia is, like, super hot for this guy. Yeah. And eventually does sort of get with him. Yeah. Um, so, but he and Georgia have, like, weird beef for a little while because mm-hmm. Tom who Jazz was dating, is his younger brother. Yeah. And so Jazz goes to meet... Robbie is outside their school one day and is like, yo, Jazz... Can we get coffee? Let's yeah, get coffee I have to ask week. you something. Yeah. And so Georgia gets so mad at Jazz for saying yes, which I thought was crazy. Yeah. Because if he wants to talk about you, Georgia, this is how you get your intel. So that I thought was dumb. Yes. But then when she sees Jazz on the day they're supposed to get coffee and she's wearing a mini skirt and thigh-high suede boots, I was like, okay, no, no, I'm on Georgia's side because fuck you. But again, we've seen all of this shitty stuff that yeah. Georgia has done to Jazz. But I'm like, okay, so Georgia makes you break up with your boyfriend for no reason. That's dumb. So you're gonna fuck that guy's older brother? I think that's putting more power into Jasmine's stuff than she has? Like, well, obviously, I mean, it was so clear nothing was gonna happen. He obviously just wanted to talk to her. Yeah. But there's a difference between, like, oh, I'll put on some eyeliner today versus I have on a miniskirt and thigh-high suede boots? Yeah. Where are you getting thigh-high suede boots at the age of 14? A good question. In 1999. You know, so you can just, I don't know. Forever 21, you know, shipped to your those. house, you know? Yeah, I don't know. You come in the door with a shopping bag, your mom's like, oh, what's that? And you're like, oh, these are just my thigh-high suede boots. Mom would be like, no, they're not. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, you're 14. You're yeah. a child. The whole thing of their friendship was definitely weird. It's bad. They're not good. But, I mean, they have small, sweet moments. But yes. then those are almost all ruined immediately by something yeah like georgia will call jazz dumb in her book in her diary but jazz calls georgia dumb several times to her face in this book okay my thing about that though is that the conversations that georgia chooses to write down are conversations that she finds important to her that's a good point they're a lot of things that she doesn't write down that maybe like she did say something to jazz and that upset jazz but Georgia doesn't notice that. You know, I guess that's true. Just all to say, like, they're both at fault. Yeah. I mean, they're both monsters. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be either of their friends. No. Georgia's very enjoyable to read, but I'm so glad not to know her. And she's really funny. (laughs) She's really funny. Yeah, but she needs to chill. She really needs to chill. She has no chill. One part we need to discuss now is her cousin. So Georgia's cousin comes to town. I don't remember his name because I didn't write it down. I don't remember it either. Uh, but her cousin comes to town, and, like, whatever, they're chilling, they're kikiing, they're having a great time, and he tries, or basically does, molest her. And what was super crazy to me is that she is like, oh, this is weird. 
but really plays it off. And I feel like that's understandable to me when something scary like that happens, like you yourself played off. But the book, we it's never revisited. It's like after her cousin leaves, it's like we don't even remember that she got molested. And it's not something that sticks in her psyche. No. It yeah. doesn't inform anything she says or does later. It's it's like a, this mol- molestation was literally just a side plot. Yeah. Um, which is, I don't know, very <laughs> confusing. It was weird. And I wasn't sure what my judgment of that was. Because I was like, oh, maybe, you know, maybe she didn't feel that scared by it. Like, maybe she was... Because she pretty easily pushes him away. Right. Both the time that... Because she doesn't feel threatened. It's not a threatening situation. That's exactly what... Yes. Yeah. So maybe in that... So part of me is like, okay, maybe, like, that is her experience of that event. But then another part of me is like, is this a narrative of sexual assault written by someone who doesn't know what it feels like to be sexually assaulted. That's a good question. I don't know if Louise has experienced that, but I just wonder... Yeah. I, do you know what I mean? I mean... And if it is we'll then never minimizing... Know, but I also am like, I feel like... I actually feel like it's more likely that she was reading this because I feel like if you're not sort of educated in a space of like, okay, here's, you know... It's more likely that she was sexually assaulted? Yeah. Okay. Because, because if you're, we have been very lucky to be raised in a space where, like, we are aware of, mm-hmm. like, you know, consent things and, like, what's alright and what things mean. You know, it's not your fault if something happens, it's blah, blah, blah. And, you know, you can sort of rationalize, not the right word, but sort of blurg these things uh, in a way that makes sense to you. And, I mean, listen, this adult, well, she was over 30 when she started writing these books. There's no way. I mean, we live in a gross, sad world. There's no way. But so, you know, maybe she, we'll never know, but maybe she just, like, is like, listen, this is just how you deal with shit, you know, and you just lay back and think of England, right, you know? It, oh my god. I know. It also did make me think of, so you know the TV show Ren and Stimpy? I do. So the creator of Ren and Stimpy was not a fan of the show? Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. It's weird as hell. It's gross. Yeah. Um, the creator of Ren and Stimpy was recently accused of sexual assault. Right. Which, having seen the show, yeah. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. I read the BuzzFeed article, expose, that the interesting thing that was a through line for all of the women who got contacted and then decided to speak to BuzzFeed about it, Mm -hmm. is that all of them said, it wasn't until I was older that I realized it was wrong. Right. In the moment, it just felt like a guy, a boy, was paying attention to me. Right. And... So in that sense, all to your point, just to say, like, yeah, there is a sense in which when you're young, you that's why there's laws about age ages of consent. Right. That's why that exists, because when Children you don't have, have a sense of that. Right. Yeah. And, and it's, for some kids, it's easier to trick them yeah. and misrepresent yourself to them in a way that makes them feel safe and yeah. protected when really you're putting them in danger. Right. I mean, just like there's a there's a dude. Oh gosh, what's his name? Whatever. There's Mark. Yes, Mark. Her this guy who lives in her neighborhood. Oh. And they're low key dating. Not really. They like go out, making out, yeah. And they make out. And she goes to meet him, 
and he just puts his hand on her breast. I thought that was so funny. It was so funny. And she was like, do I like this? Is this good? I don't know. And it's like, no. No. And also no. Well, but, but it's also so funny because she says he rested. Yeah. Like, he just, like, put... It wasn't like he felt her up. No, he just put his hand... He just, like, re- on the top of her bosom. And continued kissing her without moving, without moving his the hand. hand in any way. <laughs> Which just felt so true to, like, the yes. awkwardness of initial oh sexual God. encounters. Yes. Oof. It's just like no, not nobody knows what they're doing, yeah. but everyone thinks the other person knows what they're doing. Right. Also, her description of him as a whelk boy, like his mouth was so big and yeah. so wet that, that she just felt like she was eating whelks. It's like so good. It's really wild. And she, towards the end of the book, she has a line because she sees him. Because um, he lives in the neighborhood, she's like looking out her window and sees him on the corner making out with some other girl. And she was like, what if it's that, like, true that things you touch more get bigger? So, like, maybe his lips started out normal size. And he just and kisses, he just kisses so, much so many people, yeah. That they're huge now. And I was like, that's hilarious. She <laughs> honestly said that a couple times. She's so funny. It's like, pretty funny, yeah. Just a couple of other funny things. There are these two girls, Jackie and Allison, that oh, she calls yeah. the bummer twins. And yeah. they, like, totally know the thing of, like, they're not in your friend group, but they're, like, friend group adjacent. And, yeah, like, yeah, sometimes yeah, yeah. you gotta hang. Mm-hmm. But they suck. I'm I have dead. a funny, I have another funny line. Tell me. The other funny, another line that I thought was funny was, I, for, I didn't write down who it was about, mm-hmm. but Georgia says, has the mentality of a Teletubby, only not so developed. Yes! yes. I thought that was so, oh, it, it was about her sister. It's about her sister. Libby. It was, I thought that was so funny. Libby is truly amazing. I mean, an icon. I had this note, and at the time, it made sense, but I was looking at my notes last night, and I want to ask you about this. And I was wondering, the note is that, like, at some point in the book, her mom gives her ten bucks. She really writes in her diary about how hyped up she is for this ten bucks. And at first I put, ten dollars as a teen? Like, you're really gonna fucking cream your jeans over ten dollars and i thought oh am i just like a privileged asshole and i'm like ten dollars that's chump change like uh, i mean i don't know what ten dollars gets you in 1999 in like your local boots plus it's pounds oh that's true you know what i mean and and ten pounds is a little bit more than ten dollars plus inflation so it was probably closer to like twenty dollars you think a full $20? Nah, probably more like 15 Yeah. I mean, I guess that's true. But still, I think the point does stand. I mean, my parents definitely gave me... When I was in high school, my parents definitely gave me $20 a week for snack money. Well, my, my mom read a thing somewhere where she's... It was like, you should give your child the amount of allowance, the age they are. Oh my gosh, my parents did that too. No way! Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she would, get, like, literally when I was 14, she would get a 10 and four singles, like... I think by the time I was 17, she was like, here's a 20. Yeah, this is let's, dumb. yeah. But, I mean, I guess I did, like, thinking about it now, I definitely am taking for granted how many teens that's not true for. Yeah. That they can't just get, like, a cool 20. So I guess 10 bucks is a, is lot, a lot. Especially when you're just buying, like, lip gloss. Right. Um, and, you know, fries. Yeah. That is interesting. That didn't, that didn't put up any flags for me. Because I also just feel like when I was a teen, I was just excited for any money. 
like two dollars. That's yeah. Normal. Was exciting because you don't yeah. really have a source of income, no. especially when you're George's age, like fourteen. Yeah. Right. She's fourteen. She's fourteen. Where it's like, you can babysit. Yeah. You can do things. But even babysitting, like, you're not getting paid as much as a 17-year-old. And she's also a lazy monster. And, like, you can't work, really, like, get a job job until you're, like, 16. Yeah. Not that she would. No, again, not that she would. She's a lazy, lazy monster. monster. Yeah. So. That's true. You don't really have access to cash money. Yeah. But at the same time, I think that the point stands. I just, like... I, talking about all these characters from all these things, it's, yeah. like, growing up in New York, no matter what your circumstances, it's a pretty damn privileged position. Yeah. Just because you are exposed to so many different ways of life so early. Well, it's, like, people dream their whole lives of, of getting here, here, and we literally woke up here. Day one. Day one. Yeah. And, like, I mean, anywhere I would go that wasn't here, and I'm, like, oh, I'm from New York, people are like, oh! <laughs> realize really quickly how cool it is yeah yeah which whew, no, absolutely can't wait to ride on that one for life i think about that a lot thanks to mom and dad for <laughs> not leaving their also also birthplace place. yeah yeah i want to know from you were you ever a a diary keeper a journal keeper off and on yes mm-hmm. um i did a little bit when i was in middle school but i kept getting overwhelmed by i've always a lot of people in my family have had alzheimer's And so especially when I was, like, 13, 14, 15, I was, like, really obsessed with remembering everything. Right. I've also always been a forgetful person. And I was really obsessed with remembering everything. And so I would get bogged down in my... Little did you know, those are the memories that stay. Right. (laughs) And I would just get bogged down in journaling with writing down everything. Like, making seating charts of where I sat in classes um, writing down, like, the name of every person in my class and all my teachers so that I wouldn't forget. Like, just, like, getting way too into details mm-hmm. and not... So much about what you're feeling at Exactly, yeah. exactly. Now, I started journaling again when I was in college. Maybe late high school. And college. And that was more about feelings. And I started it as a way to try to help myself go to sleep mm-hmm. um, and be less anxious. And I still journal... And I do treat it much more like how Georgia treats it as a a place to just dump thoughts or record things that I want to come back to. Why do you ask? Oh, just Just curious. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I have sort of on and off kept a journal throughout my life, but I've never been able to stick to it for more than maybe two weeks. I've been journaling pretty religious. I don't have a, I don't have a routine where it's like, okay, wake up, journal, or I don't have a set time for journaling, but I've been keeping a journal pretty consistently for like two years now. Wow. Two, maybe three. That's impressive. Like I've, enough so that I've filled up two books, two moleskins. See, I've never filled a book. That's what I will start new ones and new books all the time mm-hmm. and buy new books just to, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause I'm a perfectionist in that I don't like, you know, like I have a book right now where the last time I wrote was maybe last fall Yeah. or, you know, in the spring. But to me, I feel like it's too long a gap. Like I don't. Yeah. For me, the whole point is you keep up with continuously. Yourself. Yeah. Um. So like I, and I reread some of them, and they, I don't. It's very weird because all my journals, I, 
you want to feel like there's a sense of growth in yourself. Mm -hmm. And I sort of feel like it's just like different versions of not good. Mm. <laughs> you know, a lot of them, I'm like, this doesn't feel real because I was trying to make myself laugh instead of just uh -huh. writing yeah. what's true. And then yeah. other ones are too sad. That was definitely something that, it's interesting that you said perfectionist in relationship to like why it's so difficult to journal. Yeah. I think that's true for me too. And what, what started working for me with journaling was number one, finding a way that it very, in a very concrete way, it helped me do something necessary, right. go to sleep. Like if I was in bed and I was, my mind was running, 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 I would get up, dump my whole mind into the journal, close it and be able to go to sleep so much easier. Right. And then after that, I, I read this thing that I think I've told you about called The Artist's Way yeah. by Julia Cameron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of silly, but kind of awesome. Oh no, you sent it to me. Yes, I, I did. never looked at it. That's okay. <laughs> Um, it's, but I kept it because one day, one day, one day I will look it up if you want to. It's really interesting. It's basically about unlocking your inner creativity. It's kind of cultish, which is also sort of right up my alley. I'm on board. Yeah. And one of the parts of the program, if you want to call it that, is this thing called morning pages or daily pages, which is every day you wake up and you write, you write three pages and it is literally a dump. It's a brain dump. Anything that you are, any thought that pops into your head, you write it down and you, the, the goal is that your pen never stops moving. So it's like, you don't even have time to craft a sentence. That would be funny. That would be good writing. I don't do those morning pages anymore. I find it really difficult to stick to the artist way thing. Yeah. I want to go back and try it again now that I'm a little bit more settled. But what I do think it helps me with is this strategy of using a journal as a dump as a as just right. a like getting the ego out of there and I find now when I go back to my journals it's like sometimes I am sad that I was thinking or feeling a certain way but I don't have as much that like cringy feeling that I have when I look at like my middle school journals yeah. or my early journals when I would address it like dear future Ada or dear journal or something oh my God. like I, so formal or something I when I was 18 <clears throat> I, on my 19th birthday, I sent myself, there's a service where you can send yourself future Aww. emails, and I sent one to 23-year-old me, and I read it <gasps> on my 23rd birthday, and it was the, I mean, I was like, I should never have done this. Oh my gosh, that's horrible. so cool though. No, I wished all these things for myself, which are not true now, and oh, she was so hopeful, so and, and I was like, Jesus Christ, happy fucking birthday to me. Oh but, my gosh, um, that is so sad. If I can open up for a second, I yeah. do want to share one thing in my, in my journal from freshman year of college. Mm -hmm. There was a boy in my class. Well, here's the thing. Because my major was so specific, you would see the same people all the time. Yeah. And so the first semester, we had one class together. The second semester, we had all our classes together. Mm. His name is Steve. And he looks exactly how you think he would look. Um, like Steve from Blue's Clues? <laughs> no. Here's the mail that never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. I won't sing the whole thing. Oh, I was waiting for it. When it comes, I want to wail. Mail! Yeah, I was super into Steve, and I, but I could not... 
talk to him to save my life at all. Mm. All I knew was his favorite thing was Seinfeld, and I was like, okay, we can't connect on that, so what's next? <laughs> what's next? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, literally my brag idea, I let in all five of my roommates on this idea because I was like, this is brilliant, guys, right? And they backed me up. The bitches. Hey guys, are you listening? So love you. Um, I was like, we bought this like six pound bag of clementines. Oh. And I was like, okay, I'll just bring several clementines to class every day. And I will just keep offering him clementines until he takes me. And that'll be, that'll be it. And the worst part is I never offered him a single one, but I did carry oh, him around. Oh, that is so sad. It's <laughs> a very sad story, right? I don't think that's a bad idea. If you, you had don't? actually offered him a clementine. Well, see, here, look, I can't get into all of it. Okay, okay. There were several opportunities for me to also just talk to him. Yeah, I talk to him like a normal person. After one class, a bunch of us had a free, so we would all oh. get brunch together and, like, literally sit and hang out, but I just was never talked to him one on Oh my gosh. Honestly, though, I really relate to that. I find that when I have a crush on someone, I will, like, avoid... You know how some people say that they'll put themselves in scenarios to, to intercept their crush? Yeah. I'll actively avoid, avoid them. Yeah. Because I'm so nervous. Yeah. That you'll and, say something weird or be dumb. And I or... also, like, like, one of the signals that you like someone is if you, like, touch them casually or whatever. I'll actively, like, try not to touch them because I'm like, oh, no, what if they know? Don't what know. if they figure right? Meanwhile, and I'm like, isn't that the point? I never fucking know either. Exactly. I'm, so I'm all over my friends, like, cuddling with them, and then I'm like, oh, that's why. Ugh. That's relatable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why I relate to Georgia so much. Some of the dumb stuff she says, I'm like, yeah, girl, listen, <laughs> get it. I don't know, but Georgia's different. Georgia, listen, I mean, there's a lot of, I wouldn't, I don't think, at the age of 14, or now, would get a friend and parade ourselves up and down the avenue. Yeah, I doubt it. You know, oom pa pa, show a little ankle to all of the men. But, <laughs> but you know what? To each your, to each their own. But I think there are little like little ways that she would journal. Like I know there's a couple times where she keeps a list of like, okay, I'm gonna be a better person, and here are the six ways how. Like I gotta be less superficial. Mm-hmm. I gotta be nicer. I gotta. You know, find out a way to smile that doesn't put my nose all over my face, which is a thing I've literally done. Yeah. And I wonder, hmm, did this book tell me to do that? Or did mm-hmm. I just do that? Um, That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It would kind of make sense if it shaped you a lot. I, you know, re- rereading this, I was like, okay, this is not... It's like, I really enjoy this book, and I think in some ways it is good for teens, but in other ways, I sort of wish I had been... I think I read it at the right time for my age. Yeah. But I also wish, as mature as I think I was as a teen, I wish I'd been more mature reading this because I think there are things in here I definitely took in that you, you know, wish that you hadn't. Yeah, because I, you know, I read some quotes of Louise Renaissance, and honestly, our whole fact section is like mainly about her and not about wow. the books. Yeah. Um, she's very interesting. But one of her things is like, she went to give a talk at a school, and all these teachers were like, your fucking books, what the hell? It's just, like, <laughs> dribble about clothes and boys and makeup and nonsense. And she's like, yeah, so fucking what? There's no, there's no message. There's no lesson. I, to write these books, I hung out with groups of 14-year-old girls, and guess what? This is what they were talking about, and this is what they wanted to read about, and I think that's fine. Yeah. And I really respected that, because at the end of this, when this book was finished, I was sort of like, oh, God, I can't believe I made Ada read this book. But I thought, no, no. actually, 
yes, it, not every book has to be, you know, The Giver to be a YA book. It can just be about nothing, just about a girl's life and all the dumb shit that goes along with it. You know what I think about a lot when this kind of conversation comes up? What's that now? Have you ever read any of Virginia Woolf's essays? I know I must have, but none are springing to mind. So there's, like, In a Room of One's Own. Yes. Which I started, but didn't finish. It's great. It's a little dense, but it's really good. Um, And then there's another one called... Well, I do want to take this time to say I found another funny line. Oh, yeah? Throw it in. Uh, She's talking about... So the Angus of the title refers to this cat, Angus, that they adopted, who they believed to actually be, like, a Scottish, like, forest wild cat or whatever because it's way too big uh for an, for a normal cat size you know it's like a terror and just like murders things and chases things and destroys things and so he he puts some stuff in george's backpack and she goes to school and she just says uh there are hedgehog quills in my sports knickers which got an audible laugh from me. <laughs> i thought that was a delight okay so, have you ever read any Virginia Woolf essays? As I said, I've read uh, some of A Room of One's Own. I did not finish it. So, it's either from A Room of One's Own or Three Guineas. I okay. think it's Three Guineas because that's like, um, they're both very feminist. So, I, I forget which one it is. But I read them both very closely because I wrote an essay right. about them and other Virginia Woolf stuff. And one of the points from her essay that sticks with me still to this day that comes up in my mind all the time is the is this distinct or this um double standard that she points out where women's magazines Mm -hmm. and she uses i think vogue as an example are considered lesser yeah and because those magazines are talking about exactly what you were saying makeup boys gossip they're somehow less than news magazines or men's interest magazines right and she makes this point where you know she has been she's talking about how she got successful sort of she's talking about just success as a woman as a woman writer right and she's like i am not published in i have been published a lot i mean in women's magazines and those works are not recognized in the same way that my works published in other types of magazines are recognized Even though they're talking about... It's the same shit. Right. Yeah. And she talks about... It, it's a point that is near and dear to my heart as a sci- science fiction and fantasy nerd. Yeah. Because genre is really looked down upon. Which is so crazy to me because... Not that it's not hard to write just like normal fiction, but genre is so much harder because world building takes so much fucking effort. And yes, there's stupid science fiction books, but guess what? Yeah. There's also stupid normal fic- regular fiction books. There's stupid yeah. nonfiction Like... Is this the moment where I can finally feel comfortable to express how much I really dislike Catcher in the Rye? Sure. I mean... Don't tell my mom that. She loves that book. Are you kidding? I... Because to me, this point that both you and Virginia Woolf are making about, you know, to me, if Catcher in the Rye was about a teen girl... There's no way it would be on the reading list of literally every school ever. You're absolutely but correct. But because it's a boy, all of a sudden, it's like... He's deep. He's, he's deep. It's a work of genius, yeah. whatever. Meanwhile, he's a broody fucking asshole. It's yes. like, of course, your protagonist does not have to be likable. Uh, 
see Georgia Nicholson. I do think that Catcher in the Rye... This isn't a podcast about Catcher in the Rye. No. But I think that Catcher in the Rye is more complicated. No, it is. Look, I mean, listen, there are, there are themes. I like that And book. things that work. Whatever. Maybe I need to read it again. Whatever. The whole time I was just like, okay, fine. All that being sure. said about it being like a more complex book, da-da-da-da-da, your point stands. Yeah, like, literally if it had been about a girl, nobody would be reading it like this. So. And it just wouldn't be about a girl. Like, yeah, like authors true. don't, especially male author. Yeah. Like, if J.D. Salinger wrote that book about a girl, it would be a completely different story. Yeah. It would be a love story. Yeah, it would be a love story. Which, which, Catching the Rye, anyway. Stay in your creepy little house. <laughs> Nobody wants to see you. Fair enough. You don't read The Recluse. Okay. Um, <laughs> I only have a couple more things. Well, I only have a few more things myself, okay. so... One is mine. One of mine is just very simple. It's just like I love. It's, it's kind of to the point of the phones that we were talking about earlier. Like mm-hmm. they have CDs. I love that. Yeah. Weren't we just talking about what our first CDs were? We were. Yeah. What was your first CD? I bought two. Okay. With my own money, my allowance. Okay. Backstreet Boys Millennium. Yeah. And Britney Spears's "Oops, I Did It Again." Yeah. Which is pretty, I think, on brand for like a oh definitely a young millennial. <laughs> I mean, I think my first few CDs, obviously, my mom bought. The yeah. one I bought myself was Hilary Duff, Metamorphosis. Oh, epic. A banger. A banger of an album. Of an album. But I did also have uh, Little Bow Wow's first album. Yes. Classic. Uh, Usher's Confessions. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's great is I had asked my mom for a Natasha Beggingfield CD. Oh. Because that one song. Unwritten. Yep. Had come out, and I was like, this is the best song I've ever heard. Yep. Um, and she went to go get me the CD, forgot who I wanted, ah! bought me Kelly Clarkson's first album, and I was like, what is this? I want to listen to this, this is dumb. And then it was Kelly Clarkson. Fast forward a week later, when I'm like, have every song memorized, Kelly is still... A queen. Like, really the homie in a deep way. Yeah, well, black yeah. people love Kelly Clarkson. That's just a fact. I'm just nodding. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just like, of the white artists, we'll give a little nod to Kelly. Kelly. It's you, girl. Oh, I wanted to talk about Robbie, uh, who we'd mentioned previously, uh, who Georgia refers to as a sex god. Yeah. Which I think is on brand for what- For Georgia. For Georgia, and for, I think, teens, I think. Yeah. You sort of throw around language that you don't really know anything about. Yeah. Um, My big issue is that, so, while Robbie's still with Lindsay, Uh he- Kisses Georgia. Yeah. Um, which is a whole... And basically, like, does this weird thing where he leads her on because he's like, I don't know how to break up with Lindsay without hurting her feelings, but also I really like you. And I th- he tells her, I think you're the prettiest girl I've ever seen. Well, he says, fittest, because they're... They're being, yeah. Um, and, you know, whatever. But Robbie is almost 18. 17, going on 18 very soon. He's a... He's a... Georgia Fifth is, form, or whatever they call it. Yeah. Georgia is Senior, four, is and she's a freshman. Is she a freshman, or is yeah. she still in the eighth grade? No, I think she's a freshman. Okay. Because this book takes place over the course of a year. Mm-hmm. She does not turn 15. I think that she was, she's a summer birthday, right? Didn't they mention that somewhere? Did? I don't know. Maybe not. I don't know. But she could still be, for, like, Allison. Oh, that's true. You know, our friend Allison was Hello, Allison. Is a summer... Hello, Al. Is a summer birthday, so, like, she was 14 her That's whole true. freshman year. That's very good. Okay. But all that said, like, I think about that. Yeah. And I thought, because a lot of 
it, and he doesn't really, I mean, I guess they mention that he's older, mm-hmm. but they don't really mention until the end of the book, until she's made out with him several times, and he brings up with Lindsay and is like, <laughs> comes to her house and feels her up and whatever, yeah. that he's, he's like, I am almost 18, mm-hmm. really on the cusp of 18, and she's 14. A lot of, it got a little gross for me in a way where I was like, of course it makes sense that, like, of course she's excited because this older guy who's, like, apparently the hottest guy any of her and her friends have ever seen is into her, but also the idea of, like, oh, my God, like, I was reading this for, and it, and I don't think the book should judge her for mm-hmm. those feelings because mm-hmm. I think those feelings make sense and she's They're allowed not very to have natural. but... The book also doesn't make any sort of... Although Robbie does say, like, one of the reasons that's he, that he's like, I actually don't think this is a good idea, right. is that he's like, I'm old. Right. And you're young. But... So, so he brings it up, that's all true. to say. And... And not that that excuses anything, no. but the book does acknowledge it? The second book, she, he's her boyfriend. Oh. I will tell you that. Because um, I don't think you're going to read the rest of these. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably not. And spoiler alerts for anybody who wants to read a series for children. Um, yeah. But, yeah, he becomes her boyfriend. Yeah. For a while. Yeah. So they get over it pretty quick. Yeah, they're kind of over it by the end of the book. Yeah. Which, okay, this is an interesting conversation, too, because I think it kind of loops back to what we talked about in the beginning with masculinity, femininity, how those gender identities come out in this book. Right. And it loops back to that in my mind because I have a real world example, which is that I have a younger brother. Yes. He, at one point in his life, was a freshman. Yes. He had a friend who was a senior Mm -hmm. who he had a big old crush on. Right. She was a girl. He was a boy. She was a girl. Can Can I make it any more obvious? Avril Lavigne has been replaced with a lookalike. I love that narrative. That's my favorite. That's like the best conspiracy, conspiracy theory. theory yeah. I, I also believe it. It's crazy. It's crazy, but it's true. Um, so, 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 I thought a lot about this when my brother was a freshman right. because I, you know, Dale, I'm sorry. Number one, you don't listen First to this. First of all, he definitely doesn't no, listen no, no, to no, this. No, no. But <laughs> I don't want to blow up his spot. But yeah. all that said, you know, he had a crush on this girl and it like didn't escalate, but it like got pretty close to escalating. Mm. He went in like, Stayed over at her, like, beach house, and, like, all this stuff. I thought in that time, huh, what if Dale was my little sister? You would totally be against it. And she had a crush on an older guy. For sure. And, number one, Dale's physically huge. Yes. He's very, he's very skinny, but very, very tall. I'm very tall, and he's way taller than I am. So it was never, like, um... Predatory. Right. In the sense that he could physically defend himself. Right. Against this person. If it came to that. But, like, he was into it. So, anyway, all just to say that, like, I don't know. Because the difference between a 14 and an 18-year-old is very large. Versus, like, maybe... I always think about myself. A 25-year-old and a 29-year-old. Right. It's the same age difference, but different. But you're both adults. Yes. And there's a, and plus, by that time, it becomes, I feel like when you're a teen, you think you and boys are on, like, the same mental wavelength, and as a person who is 
not far from 25. Yeah. I know that there are plenty of dudes in their 30s that I am smarter than. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that, like, I am more mature than. And yeah. that I could sort of navigate a situation. Yeah. Whereas with, I mean, like, I always think about myself as, like, an 18-year-old person. Could I look at a 14-year-old and go, yeah, I want to get all, I want to get with that? Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, no. But the other thing is that boys do develop slower than girls. That's true. Mature. Yeah. In terms of maturity. It makes but sense but similar it, levels of inexperience is i think for yes. me so while a girl may be more mature in terms of like you know thoughts ideas Brains, whatever, yeah. yeah when it comes to something like that you know something you feel like okay i'm gonna have to learn how to be a sexual being in this world at some point yeah this person is attractive um, you might not necessarily check in with yourself whether or not it's good or okay because you feel like this is what is supposed to happen. Yeah. And she wanted for so long to be with this dude. Half the book is her just like, he's picking up Lindsay from school. God, he looks so hot. I could die right now. Like, yeah. He has a car, which is a big thing. He's in a band. He's in a band, a good band. Yeah. The band is called The Stiff Gillens, which... Whatever. Terrible band name. Bug a band name an eighteen year old like that's choose. A, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean to me what it comes down to is that I think number one, I think you're right to bring it up because it's a weird dynamic. Thing. It struck me as very weird. So that said, what it comes down to for me is that there's always pow there's a power dynamic in every relationship. Yeah. Whether that's platonic or romantic or somewhere in between. Power dynamics are fucking hard to navigate. Yeah. Because it involves not only recognizing the ways that the other person is less powerful, but really grappling with the ways that you have power. How you maybe even unknowingly exercise that power. Right. And number one, I just don't get the feeling that this book is going to get into that. No. And number two, like... But it also feels like he could have been old. He could have been 16, but mm -hmm. she made him 18. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. I wonder what that is about. Because hmm. to me, if I'm 14 and a 16-year-old has a crush on me, I count that as older than me. That counts. That's dope. I'm into that. I mean... Okay, question. Yeah. Do you think it might have to do with this is... Especially because it's a book. Mm -hmm. You can imagine Robbie however you want to. Right. The reader can imagine Robbie however they want to. Is it a wish-fulfillment fantasy? This is... It's a... a, a the narrative is fiction. It's fantasy. Like, That's true. is it, you know, a 14-year-old girl might be really attracted to the idea of an 18-year-old being into them. Older, wiser, more experienced, can teach them. I mean, like, that's definitely true. A protector. Well, because everybody, as a kid, and all the stuff you watch, all those people are so much older than you. So you are lusting after adults. Old people, yeah. Already. Yeah. But... I mean, yes, it is hard because it is a book, so it's definitely a wish fulfillment thing, but I really, as much as I was, like, super goo-goo over, I don't know, whoever, if... <laughs> what? Matthew Gray Goobler yeah, from yeah, yeah. Criminal Minds. She loves the goobs. You know what? I actually... It might be over. 
Okay, that is bold because Mia used to literally stalk this man. I <laughs> did. I tell you about the time where I thought because I he summers in New York often. Yes, the fact I know that this I Mia. Know that is sad, but I thought I saw him once on the street and you followed him. I did not follow him. Oh, but my body went into some sort of a physical reaction that I did not expect. I mean, I literally started to shut down. I was like, oh my god, it's finally happening! Like I was literally like. Oh my god, this is it. You got you but it, it I got two sets closer and I was like, that's not him. That's just a tall white white guy. dude. Yeah. But there's a difference between me like really being so in love with him and him like coming up to me at like a Starbucks coffee and be like, Hey, let's talk. I'd be like, Oh, I don't know if this is good. I guess what I'm trying to get at is that in terms of thinking like, okay, what was the author up to when she made him eighteen and not sixteen? Right. Is like she, what you said before about the teachers saying, da 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 da, what is this drivel that you're, you know, putting on our kids? And she's right. like, this is what the kids are talking about. This is what they're interested in. I'm going to give it to them. Are, are the girls that she was talking about, are those girls fantasizing about an 18 year old? And do they want that story? Right. And it's just a story so. You know, it is, it's not, I'm playing a little bit of devil's advocate here. I see that. Is the author coming from the place of saying, like, this isn't Matthew Greg Gubler coming up and hitting on you at a Starbucks. Right. This is you fantasizing about Matthew Greg Gubler. Yeah. It's the fantasy, not the reality. Right. And I mean... The counterpoint... To my own point yeah, that I just made. Because where's your responsibility as the author? Right. Is, to yes. these, as an adult, two children. Because reading this, I mean, definitely a lot of the thing. I mean, Georgia talks about her nose being too big yeah. so much in this book. Yeah. Which I definitely felt in a big way. Especially because when I smile, much like Georgia says in, in this book, her nose spreads all over her face. Mm-hmm. Which is what happens to me when I smile big. Which is why in any photo you see of me, I'm barely smiling. I have never in my whole time of knowing you, which is like 10, almost 10 years now. Oh my god, almost 10 years now. Uh-huh. I have never thought, number one, of your nose as big. Right. Or number two, that your nose spreads across your face when you're smiling. Like, I just don't notice that. Um, well, that's really sweet and really great. But, yeah, so like... <laughs> but, fuck you. Yeah. So, but I also don't know... Also, because I was reading this book in seventh grade, mm-hmm. I'm 13 turning 14. Yeah. I don't, I cannot myself remember if that was a thing I thought about myself before mm. I read this book, because that's often the time where these sort of feelings manifest. Yeah. So, like, not that I want to pin it all on the book, because I'm a person, every teen, every human being has, like, things they don't like about themselves. Yeah. But... You know, there are definitely elements of this book which seeped into my life and made me sort of think things. Yeah. And not that it's, I feel like it would, you know, for the story she needs to be like, oh, JK readers, this is also, this is actually not great. But it's sort of, you know, yes. much like with the being molested by her cousin, sort of just introduces this thing and then quickly does away with it in favor of like, let's move on to other stuff. Yeah. And, you know, I just don't know about that. 
I think that's a great point. And that's honestly one of my favorite elements of this podcast that I don't know if we've really explicitly explored since maybe the first episode when we were kind of setting up the whole conceit. Right. Which is that part of this, part of why we started this podcast specifically is because we're interested in how did these things that we consumed as children change us? How did they shape the way we are now and the way we were when you and I met each other? Exactly. Which was like after you read this book. Yes. After I read all of these books. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I really like respect that point. You're welcome. Um, yeah. Do you have anything else? I did have a question. Yes. Which was, uh, does she bring this journal everywhere? Okay, I was thinking about that too. Because she, the entries are not only date stamped, but time stamped. Yeah. And there's also times that she, I kind of suspended my disbelief mm-hmm. on that. Um, because there were times when she was writing things down and I'm like, you don't have time. To write things down. I'm like, are you in the library? And you write, like, pull the sentence pull like, out, like in class. In, you're gonna risk bringing your personal diary to in public, like, like she she narrates she narrates the one of the concert scenes in like right. present tense, and right. I'm like, you're not you're at not, the concert no. writing this. That's true. Like, there's different things like that. So I just kind of suspended my disbelief on that. But then I also thought, why? Well, yeah, I guess why not timestamp it. I timestamp my journal entries also. Really? Yeah. I would just do Just because date. I want to know when... Because my my mindset at 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. is different than 10 p.m., is different than 1 a.m. Right. Like, if, if I write down, you know, 11 to 18, 8.08 a.m., right. or like 11 to 18, 1.45 a.m., I'm like, okay, I was in a very different place yeah for those two does that make sense no that definitely makes sense so i guess that's why it didn't seem weird to me yeah fair enough um i think that's most of my i mean i just wrote about they (laughs) georgia and jazz at one point stalk Lindsay. oh my gosh that part was wild that part was i understand the falling from school like that felt like a thing i would get a friend to do with me yeah um, but looking through her window as she literally gets dressed and, like, That was changes creepy. Her, it's very creepy, but I also love that she's like, oh my god, she wears a thong. Yeah. Oh my god, she has, like, little, uh... Push-up yeah, things. Yeah, we're gonna call it chicken cutlets. cutlets yeah. That she puts into her bra, like, that's very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but... And that they have to, like, trick the neighbor to pretend that they're, like, Her friends, yeah. <laughs> but, oof, too far. And yeah. also, the phrase, double cool with knobs. Yeah, that was wild. <laughs> Weird, but I liked it. I also loved the cat. Angus. Yeah. Yeah. Because you think from the title that Angus is going to be the boy. Yeah. Angus is the cat. Angus is the Angus cat. Angus is this, like, wild. And he's Literally ins- wild. I mean, he's insane. Yeah. But a good cat. I love that little cat. Yeah. Okay, are you ready to hit you with some facts? Hit me with the facts, girl. Okay. So for the facts portion. I'm ready for facts. There are ten books... Yep. In the Confession of George Nicholson series, and all the books are titles or inside jokes. Um, inside jokes between who and who? In the book. Oh, so oh, it's oh, like oh, you oh, read oh. the title and you're like, that makes, that makes no sense. sense. You read the book and you're like, I got it. Yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna read you these titles. Okay. 
obviously we know Angus Thongs and Full Frontal Snogging. Yes. 1999. And she pops out one of these a year. Which like, is old, which is impressive. It's very impressive. The next one uh, is, on the bright side, I'm now the girlfriend of a sex god. Which is kind of an inside joke to the first book. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I will say, before I move on, uh, I remember that I my mom was doing my hair once, mm-hmm. and I'm reading this book while she's doing it, purposely keeping... It a little bit to yourself. Keeping it on the low low, and she's like, oh, what are you reading? And I just flip up the book and show her the cover, and she goes, huh? And I'm like, <laughs> Oh, no, 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 it's an inside joke. And she's like, as in the joke is inside the book. And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. I got this from the school library. Like, It's, it's legit, It's yeah. fine, it's fine. This it's isn't sh- Fifty Shades of Grey for kids. Yeah. Don't worry. And she was like, Ooh, okay. okay. Um, I that love was... that image of Robin, by the way. Shouts to Robin. Uh, that shouts. was the U.S. title. There is an English title oh. for the second book, which is, It's okay, I'm wearing really big knickers. <laughs> That's cute. Yeah. yeah. But I also love the idea that America's like, no, the sex god thing. The sex thing. god. Let's lead with the sex god. That works for us. Classic America. Uh, then there's Knocked Out by My Nunga Nungas, uh, which are her breasts. She's referring to her boobs get big. Yeah, no, I copy that. Yeah. Then there's Dancing in My Nudie Pants. Yep. She uses nutty pants a lot. <laughs> nutty pants? And that's how I say it in my head. Nudie pants. Um, there's two Ds. I know. To me, that's nutty. <laughs> Uh, away laughing on a fast camel. That's very clearly an inside joke, yeah. yeah which I think is the book I remember the most. Um, oh, really? Uh, and then, but the English title for that one is, uh, and then it fell off in my hand. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> which I re- is a line in the book, and I remember, but I don't remember what it refers to. But it's something innocuous. It's supposed to sound salacious. Oh my gosh, it does sound salacious. The next one is, then he ate my boy entrancers, <laughs> which are false eyelashes. Which Whoa. are what boy entrancers are. That's funny. Uh, startled by his furry shorts. <laughs> Angus. Um, <laughs> then there's Love is a Many Trousered Thing. The UK title is Lerve is a Many Trousered Thing. Nice. I guess they didn't think we would get that? I don't know. Uh, Americans are stupid. Yes. <laughs> we have Stop in the Name of Pants. Funny. Then Are These My Bazoomas I See Before Me. Also referring Very funny. to her breasts. And, oh, that's the last one. Are these my bazoomas I see before me? That's good. Uh, Louise, I like that Macbeth reference. That's funny. Yeah, that's funny. Louise Renison also wrote uh, three books. Wait, honestly, just hearing those titles, I want to read them. You want to read them? <laughs> <laughs> the last one came out in 2009, and I remember it because I went to Shakira, because they, I think, were pretty much all out, and yeah. we had read them all, and then I saw that the new one was coming out, mm. and I went to Shakira, and I was like, Jordan Nicholson is back, baby. And she was like, no way, no way. And oh my I, gosh. I read it in like two, a day. Yeah. You know, like I was obsessed. Um, and I was annoyed that it was 10 books because it ended the way it ended. I was like, well, yeah, this could have been five books. Oh, damn. Cool, cool, cool. Great. Um, Louise Renison, after this, wrote three books um, for it's Georgia's younger cousin, and it's called The Misadventures of Tallulah Casey. Mm hmm. And they all have tight puns. Like, the first one's called Wuthering Tights. Um, and they're all sort of, like, jokes on famous works of fiction with tights thrown in there. Okay. Uh, here's the thing. So I did a lot of this research without realizing uh, Louise Renison died. Oh, shit. Uh, February 29th, 2016. Wow. Damn. Yeah. Pretty which, young. She was 64. Yeah. And I didn't realize, you know, like, 
I didn't realize she died. It's, like, it's always weird when you have that kind of a realization. And it was only a couple of years ago, and the fact that I didn't know, yeah. and these books were such a big part of my life, felt sort of like, oh gosh, mm. Louise. And there's also no, they didn't release the cause of death, oh. so we don't know why. Interesting. And I actually tried, I tried to look it up, and there was some Reddit site where someone was like, hey, um, how did Louise die? And somebody wrote, why do you need to know, you ghoul? <laughs> I thought, oh, oh my glory! <laughs> like, I just wanted to fucking know, is that oh okay? Oh my gosh, that's so sad. Um, so just some other facts about Louise is that, like, she would, she had several, uh, one-woman shows she did hmm. that also had weird titles. One of them was, uh, Stevie Wonder Felt My Face. Uh, she did shows at the, um, what's it called? I don't In know. In Scotland. The Fringe Festival? Yeah. She did a, a show at the Edinburgh Fringe, um, and, oh, she was pre- so- the whole part about New Zealand is she lived in England. Her father did get a job in New Zealand when she was young, oh. and they did have to move to New Zealand for a time. Okay, semi-autobiographical. She got pregnant as a teen, oh. gave the baby up for adoption, wow. and then met the baby, the child, the yeah, girl, yeah, yeah. in 1993. Wow. Um, That's incredible. Yeah, and basically she, you know, she would write articles, she went on tours places like this book her book's been translated into 30 languages i mean she was beloved her series is beloved and i was like you know what that's really cool wow that is really cool i i really like her and i i would because looking at the books i was like why'd you only write three of these Tallulah casey books she died um wow a real bummer also her website has not been updated since at least 2004 Mm. and i think that's very funny yeah yeah, wow. that's uh, that's all I have on old uh, Georgia Nicholson. Well, that was a kind of a bittersweet, a bittersweet fact section. Fact section for sure. Hmm. Yeah, I like the idea of her as an artist, you know, as a playwright, as a performer. Yeah, as a an artist, like yeah. making her money, doing her thing. And that's she cool. didn't come to writing until you know later. Yeah. in life. Yeah, that's um, cool. Yeah, she was like a dental assistant hmm. for a time like she did a bunch of weird she stuff she lived her then, life yeah and these are really based on her a lot of her experiences like at one point in this book georgia goes to a costume party dressed as a stuffed olive mm-hmm. in like a paper mache costume she put together and she was like yeah i did that and it was a mistake <laughs> and i wanted that's to cool yeah that's cute so you know what this book i thought it was maybe a little bad but no it's actually great You know, and I see the way that it's interesting reading this book now at this particular moment. Yeah. Not even getting so specific as, like, this movement or that movement, but more talking about, like, the debate between can PC culture ever go too far? Has it gone too far? It has Uh, not gone too far. I don't think it has gone too far (laughs) either. It could go a lot further, I think. But, you know, I think about, like, the way that we reacted when we heard, when we read certain parts of this book and it's like okay how much does it's this really complicated question of like how much as an author are you exposing things that people really think and feel or are you propagating that to new generations of readers yeah because there's no commentary on the in terms of the gay yeah 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 yeah, stuff there's no commentary it just sort of like and there's not really commentary on like the race stuff or really anything which is like maybe fit i don't know it's i don't think it the question is an answer but 
I mean, I sort of wish, I sort of want to reread them because I wonder if that gets better as... As the books go on. As the books go on. And Georgia gets older. Yeah. Because yeah. the last one's in 2009, and I feel like you should have a lot of this sort of together, I think, by 2009. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know if that should be the vibe anymore, but I truly, I literally just remember what happens at the end. I don't yeah. remember anything else. But mm-hmm. she, for somebody who thinks they're so ugly, she has like three boyfriends throughout the duration of the series. And one of them's a really hot Italian guy. Oh my so. god, love that. Named Massimo. <laughs> Lol. <laughs> Read these books, guys. I don't know. Okay, should we do a wrap up? Let's do a wrap up. Um. All right. So, would you? Okay. So you don't reread things. So you won't read this again. You kind of just answered this, but I think maybe a good question is: Would you read the rest of this? These series? Because the library have all of them. The only one I own is now this one, which I bought, and the last one. I bought hardcover. So, not here, but at my brother's house, in a box, in a closet, I do have the last one. So maybe you would just read I think I would definitely, if not read it in full, peruse, for Mm -hmm. sure. Maybe read the last couple chapters or whatever. Yeah, just see, you know, what's up. Okay, would you recommend it to a friend? I... Like, Allison, let's say. I mean, (laughs) it's funny you say Allison because I don't think she would read this, but... Okay, would you recommend it to a friend? <laughs> I would recommend this. I would say I would recommend this to a teen. Okay. But only a teen that I knew would understand that, like, mm-hmm. don't take all of this as. At face value. At face value. I would take. I would recommend this to a teen who I think gets it. Yeah. Because um, they. I mean, some of the. Be- I devoured these books. Yeah. They were a huge joy. In fact, our good friend Feldy. Did not, I was trying to check out the second one, uh, Sex God in the title, and she didn't want to let me, but I was like, this is the second book, I've already read the first one, it's too late, I'm in it, and she said, okay, fine. Yeah. Um, so she didn't even want me reading this. Yeah. But I would, yeah, I would recommend these to a teen, for sure. Cool. Well, that's the third question, too, is like, would you recommend it to a child or teen in this case because it's not really child appropriate yeah i don't think this is a book another adult needs to read necessarily Mm. if you're gonna go for a children's story like we were talking about rereading um series of unfortunate events yeah i'm like the kind of thing that's something i think you should really put your time into this is fun yeah but there are a lot of other fun things which What about you? Are you gonna? You, you, I want to read the rest. Of, I want to read the rest of the series. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna look and see if they're on Overdrive. I feel like only the first one was. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm gonna want to buy them. That's the thing. It's hard to find these books. We had trouble finding them. Yeah. But they had them all in the library at school. I don't know. Yeah. Have Dale, have Dale take them out for you? Oh my god! Honestly, <laughs> I would love to see him check out. I don't, goober. I don't think he would do it for you. <laughs> I don't think so either. I don't think he would do it. Um, okay, that, would I recommend you to a friend? I think so. Yeah. Like, um, especially if it was in a context of, like, a context of, like, someone who's never, someone who really likes just, like, gaudy TV shows or something, and they're like, I don't really want to be watching TV anymore. I'd be like, read this book. It's so fun. It's like... You know who would love this? Who? Is Lily. Totally. And she hasn't... She has not Especially if someone was, like, really into the click when they were younger, like, really into some of that shit. Like, I would definitely recommend this. Yeah. Um, Okay. Or if it was in a context of, like, 
trying to, I think I would also cite it or bring it up in terms of like a discussion about kind of what we've been talking about, the way that books affect their young readers. And then I I don't know if I would recommend this to a teen. Really? I think there are there are other books that speak to the same questions that don't have a lot of you know, no matter how even me right now, I'm I'm very smart, I'm very mature, all of this stuff, but the things that I see in the world, experience people saying to me, read watch, consume, they affect the way that I think about myself. Right. And like you were saying with the nose thing, who knows what a kid is going to get from, a, or a teen, whatever you want to call the reader, mm-hmm. who knows what they're going to get from this book. And until they are like more settled in themselves, I don't know. I guess that's true. I mean, I just thought I would recommend, just because like, for me, reading these, and I sort of remember my teen self feeling affirmed. Mm-hmm. You know, you are... Like we mentioned before, as a teen girl, you are told so many times that you are, just the concept of you is silly. Oh my gosh, wait, this is a a quote that I wanted to bring up that is so, so good. Jazz says in the very beginning of the book Mm -hmm. to Georgia, you have to remember that boys don't think girls are for funniness. Yeah. And just like you're saying, it's moments like those that- The first episode of Gilmore Girls, um, sorry, Rory makes a joke and- her best friend's mom says, boys don't like funny girls. Right. It's a thing. And, you know, it, yeah. you're right. You're right. It is moments like those that. And it's like, because a line like that, it's like, of course you want to find a partner who makes, who like loves that you're funny. Like, yeah. blah, blah, blah. But it's also true. I feel like that boys at that age, mm-hmm. they. They don't think girls are for that. I was reading, was I reading something? It was some woman's comedy, whatever, where she was like. Um, oh, it was this woman I follow on Twitter. She was like, yeah, when guys say they want a girl with a sense of humor, they just mean somebody who will laugh at their jokes. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. And, yeah, it's sort of that thing where it's like, I, a lot of this bo- these books for me was like, okay, you think and feel about all these, like, quote-unquote silly things all the time. But, like, you can't talk to your parents about really, because they don't give a shit. Yeah. Um, you might not talk to your friends, because maybe you're embarrassed, but, like, it's okay mm-hmm. to think this way. And to it feel It normalizes way, to... a lot of, quote-unquote, freakiness. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, it could do without the homophobia yes. and the molestation and the questionable boyfriend age, but... And the weird Asian comment. The weird Asian comments. Which, like, what? I didn't even, wasn't even sure what that meant yeah. in the context. Whatever. But, you yeah. know, I get that. You know? Yeah. You don't want to make a teen feel I would any definitely, more but to your point, I would definitely recommend it to a woke teen. Yeah. You know? Like, were you to have a teen, I would feel comfortable recommending this book because I feel yeah. that you would raise a teen that could get it. I, I, would, I would like to think so. That I would. I don't think so. Wow. Okay, well, this was a good little episode. I guess you're going to think about it again. I didn't oh, even ask yeah, you. Yeah, I didn't I ask you that either. I'm going to think about it again. I, th- I think I'll be, I mean, now that I own it, I'll just see it all the time. Yeah, so, so you'll think about I'll it. I'll think about it. Yeah, I'll think about it too. Yeah. Definitely. Good book. Good job. You know what? Pour one out for Louise. I will pour one out. Not right now. No. Not on my carpet. Yeah, inside. <laughs> Metaphorically, there is some rosé on the floor for you right now, Louise. Metaphorical rosé on the floor. Yeah. All right, well, that's 
the end. That's the end. Uh, Darn, that's the end. Oh, uh, I want to do uh, two things. One, I want to thank Maya Rivera. Yes. For editing episodes. Hey, Maya. Look, we have credits now. We have credits. Remember when you were like, oh, I wish we had credits. Yeah. We have, I thought about that this week. I was like, we have credits. We have credits. Yeah, so Maya Rivera. want to thank Maya for doing that. Yeah. Um, want to thank our listeners, obviously. Maya, if you edit this episode, leave Megan. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, want to thank everyone who listens. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Please, please, please email us at welcometomyworldpod at gmail.com. We're desperate. You can also send us a message. Tweet at us at W2MWPod. Yes. That's us on Twitter. Um, You can also send us a message through our website, welcometomyworldpod.com. We're on Facebook, whatever. You just type it in. All the things. Who's on Facebook? Clowns. In case, if, unless you found us on Facebook, in which case, you're a prince. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so with that, let's say, uh, goodnight. Goodnight. <laughs>